Welcome to the Checkable Health Podcast, where we're helping everyday moms rethink how their healthcare begins at home through healthy living, access to information, and technology. On each episode, we interview healthcare providers and experts on topics that affect us as mothers as we raise our children. We'll cover topics across the spectrum of health to bring awareness of important issues, conditions, therapies, and technology. We believe your healthcare begins at home with us moms. The healthier we are, the healthier our loved ones are. Hi, everyone. This is Patty Post, your host of the Checkable Health Podcast, and where we are bringing content for you to make healthier decisions for yourself and for your family. Today, my guest is Dr. Nicole Lovett. I'm going to give you a little bit of a disclaimer because I am under her care right now, and I am a huge fan of her. I've never had a uh, practitioner that has been um, so keen to what I'm doing and without ever meeting in person, by the way, we have never physically met in person. And um, I am so glad to be under her care. So um, Dr. Lovett, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I love talking about hormones. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how you talk about hormones because I learn something every single time in how you practice uh, virtually using telemedicine. Uh, it's just a great opportunity to actually have one-on-one -on -one time um, with a clinician, which is very rare these days, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of uh, practitioners in this area that move on and you have them for like six months to a year. They never get to know you or you just have episodic care through the ER, urgent care. So it's nice when you can actually know your provider and they know you too. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd love you to um, brag about yourself a little bit. Just tell us uh, about your education and uh, where you come from, all that good stuff. So I was born and raised in Winnipeg, Canada. Um, I did an undergrad degree um, in double focus in biochemistry and physics. So it was a double honors program. From there, I went into medical school where I was recruited into the clinician scientist program where you do uh, your medical degree, your MD at the same time as a PhD. And my PhD work was in pharmacology and therapeutics. So what that is, it's not like pharmacy where they tell you like how to dose things and drug interactions. It's focused on drug science. How do you invent drugs? How do you assess if a drug is good or not? How do you interpret clinical trials? How do you um, repurpose a drug? Um, and also how do you figure out um, whether a drug is safe. And so my focus was actually on insulin resistance, which is the root cause of obesity and diabetes, um, specifically in women, male, uh, sorry, female rats. Um, and I did a pregnancy study as well as a study just on uh, non-pregnant females um, using a couple of different therapeutics and preventatives to you know, prevent their or reverse their insulin resistance. Um, from there, I went into a residency program where I um, focused on rural family medicine. So I did a lot of obstetrics, emergency medicine, hospitalist work and clinic. And I moved down to the US um, in 2018 to work at Mayo Clinic after meeting my husband, uh, who's American, he kind of imported me. So I started my career off at Mayo. I've worked at various different health systems, um, both in the Midwest and on the West Coast. I've uh, taught in different medical schools. And uh, eventually I was lucky enough to stumble upon BHRT or bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, 
because I was finding myself stuck against a wall with my patients. I could only get them so far with diet and exercise and they still weren't fixed. And so this has allowed me to really fix people. B-H-R-T, bio? Identical hormone replacement therapy. Ah, I've heard that you say the acronym before and I've never put it together. Mm -hmm. So uh, once you found that you went through a particular training, Mm -hmm. that's extensive training. Yes. And tell us about that. So it takes about a year to complete. There's four parts. Um, they, They last, it's about a three day course every time you take a part. And it's performed by Dr. Neil Rousier from Worldlink Medical. He's been doing this for a long time and is very experienced, very knows the literature like the back of his hand. Um, and it takes about a year to complete because it, you need that much time to read and study it and figure it out. Um, I was very lucky. It was completely serendipitous. I bumped into a colleague at a filler conference and we started talking about how mainstream medicine ignores diet and exercise and all these lifestyle factors. And they just put a pill on everything. Mm-hmm. And he, we talked about that. And then he said, you know, you should go into this training. I think you'd really like it. And it was two weeks before um, we were opening the clinic and I took the training and I was like, okay, I'm not doing primary care anymore. I have to do hormones because all of the women that I'd seen in my whole career, especially the women coming in with fatigue, um, cold intolerance, hair loss, uh, inability to lose weight, period issues, infertility. I suddenly knew what was wrong with them and I knew how to fix it. (laughs) So I'm like, this is what I have to do. And thank God I bumped into him and went to that conference because it did change the course of my life and life of my patients. It's very serendipitous because once you learn that information, you can't just set it aside and be like, okay, I'm still going to do this over here. Right. You, you actually changed your business model, didn't you, with Firefly yes. Medical? Yeah. We initially were going to do like direct primary care. But after I took this training, I thought, you know, this is actually how I can fix people. This is the missing piece. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, we decided to take a leap of faith and provide this service. And it's been wonderful. People have been very receptive to it, even though we're really the only clinic in the area that treats women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got a few Firefly babies, a couple be already born and a few more on the way. And it's, it's incredibly rewarding. Oh my gosh. That just gave me chills. That is so cool. Yeah. Infertility is such a problem in this country right now. I think that it's cost prohibitive and and it, it takes just a lot of emotional energy as well. Mm-hmm. And for both of the couple, you know, the husband and wife have to go through a lot of um, emotional trauma there um, or gymnastics. So going back to um, bioidentical hormones, what is that um, versus just a hormone replacement therapy? Good question. So um, bioidentical is uh, a term that describes the fact that these particular hormones that are bioidentical, they act in the body the same way as the hormone you normally would produce. So for example, your ovary produces estradiol, which is your estrogen in your cycle. The estradiol that I use, the body can't tell the difference between what would come from the ovary and what I'm giving you in a capsule. Um, the reason that's so great is because then really your body knows exactly what to do with it. And there's a lot less side effects and risks with bioidentical versus say synthetic estrogen like Premarin or what's in birth control. They don't bind the receptor the same way. The body doesn't recognize them the same way. 
And so they have unintended side effects and different um, long-term consequences. The um, pharmaceutical industry was very interested in um, capitalizing on menopause because it's billions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And so they did a couple of big trials like WHI and HERS, where they studied tens of thousands of women using synthetic hormones. And unfortunately, when they didn't get the result that they wanted, they didn't they, they didn't turn around and say, okay, yes, we should use the stuff that's been around for a while, the estradiol and progesterone. They just said all, all hormones are dangerous and all women need to be off hormones. And unfortunately, that's, I think, part of the reason why we're seeing such high rates of cardiovascular disease and dementia in these women that were taken off these hormones. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Really long-term tragic side, of, side effects, consequences. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. See, I learned something every time that, <laughs> that we talk. That's awful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely awful. And I, I feel like women have been abandoned by our healthcare for decades. Yeah. And I think in pharmaceuticals for sure. But this is, here's another clear example. Yeah. And I mean, the, the main, I think the, one of the main reasons why is that they wanted to be able to patent synthetic estrogen and progesterone to, to sell them to you through your insurance because they make a lot of money with that. Mm-hmm. But you can't patent estradiol because it's bioidentical. Mm-hmm. So there's really no... Um, profit in it because it's not a patentable drug. So mm-hmm. no one can own it. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about the top three things that you're seeing in your patients. Um, what would be the, the first thing that you're seeing the most of? So um, in women, mm-hmm. I would say my number one um, patient is has PCOS. Okay. And those are women or young women, like 12, you know, 12, 13, just getting their cycles all the way up into their fifties, even that come in with PCOS. Um, PCOS is a spectrum. So you can be skinny or very, very overweight and still have it. It's actually a thyroid ovary issue Mm -hmm. and it causes insulin resistance and um, an imbalance in your testosterone levels and um, hormone issues like not producing enough progesterone. So the excess testosterone produces extra hair growth, like on the chin, nipples, belly, or acne, like bad cystic acne on the face and back. Um, And then the lack of progesterone causes a woman to feel like she's in menopause her whole life. So hot flashes, night sweats, anxiety, difficulty sleeping, um, issues with regulating your emotions, especially around your period where your progesterone levels are very low. And so you also get a lot of period issues like irregular periods, heavy periods. So then a lot of these women end up on birth control or they have fertility issues. So that's like probably my biggest younger woman um, entrance complaint. Um, the second group would be perimenopausal women. And that window of perimenopause is they t- say it's a no man's land. Like no mm-hmm. one, no one wants to touch it because they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So everything is normal. If you're bleeding like crazy, that's normal. If you're not bleeding, that's normal. If you feel crazy, that's normal. If you don't feel crazy, that's normal. So the real change in perimenopause that we see is as the ovaries start to fail, they they stop regulating their estradiol production because you lose your hormone called inhibin, which basically Mm -hmm. calms your ovaries down and regulates how much estradiol they can produce. And then once you lose the estradiol control, then you get the bloating and the acne and you're feeling really crazy. And then you start to lose your progesterone and the progesterone starts to give you, um, the lack of progesterone starts to give you night sweats and the mood issues and anxiety and then event and the heavy bleeding. And then mm-hmm. if women can make it through menopause with, with all their reproductive organs, great. So it's usually OBs will give them a hysterectomy or an ablation mm-hmm. for that. 
And then menopausal women would be my third group of women where um, they might be even 10 years outside of menopause and they have the weight gain from the menopause because they lost their hormones and like the fatigue and the sleep issues. And then we try to get them restored back to like a healthy 25 year old that doesn't cycle anymore. Like you have steady hormone levels your whole, mm -hmm. whole month. Uh, from, from that, what are you giving them progesterone in menopause? So in peri, so the, in PC, in per, pre and uh, pre and perimenopause. So when you're cycling and when you're in perimenopause, we give progesterone and then we can consider thyroid and testosterone depending on your symptoms. Mm -hmm. But then once you're in menopause, you need your estradiol replaced as well because estradiol has all of these wonderful effects. And if you take it by mouth, so not a pellet or a cream, mm -hmm. your liver breaks into a metabolite that actually chews and remodels up all your plaque in your body and helps maintain your brain health. So reducing your Alzheimer's risk, it helps push sugar into muscle. So it keeps your blood sugars controlled and helps you lose belly fat. And it does have an effect on cravings. So if you get the estradiol levels corrected, then women in menopause will feel like they are less snacky, they're craving less sugar, more mm -hmm. control over their appetite. And it's also a very powerful antidepressant for women. So when you have like a nice sweet spot of a level, mm -hmm. women will feel like their mood's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, personally from, um, like Patty in January versus Patty in June, mm -hmm. it's like the emotional roller coaster has stopped being like super up and down. It's just mm -hmm. pretty even keel, the best sleeps. Uh, and my, my symptoms were also, my hair was falling out, mm -hmm. uh, and really heavy bleeding, which was like late making me not, functional for a couple right. of days of the month. And you're absolutely right. Every uh, OB was like, oh, well, that's normal. And, or you should have an ablation. I'm like right. that doesn't seem, or you should get on birth control when I have, I have my tube side. So why would I, I don't need that. <laughs> why would right. I need to take that bill? Uh, it is something that is, um, expensive from the side of it's not covered by your insurance. Right. And that just feels like every, it just is like a, a no go like, Oh, I'm not going to do it then if it's not covered my, my insurance. And what my response to that is, well, don't you want to invest in yourself to feel better? Right. But what do you think that societally have we accepted not feeling good or accepted like this way of life? I think to some degree, yes. Um, I think that we are used to sick care. So mm -hmm. you get, you get care when you're sick and then mm -hmm. you, when you're healthy, you don't need care. Whereas my model is if I make you really healthy and happy, then you don't really need me. Yeah. That, that's kind of my model is like wellness mm -hmm. care. Yes. Um, but when patients are paying, um, when they're employed, they pay their, their, um, insurance premiums, they have a deductible and they start to have this mindset of like, well, I'm, I'm going to just keep going to my primary who's not getting me anywhere mm -hmm. and can't actually, their hands are tied because they mm -hmm. can't use these medicines, but I'm going to get my deductible and my insurance will pay for it versus, okay, I'm maybe I used, I used to spend $7,000 towards my deductible a year. Well, now I'm spending 4,000, mm -hmm. but I don't need, I need to, don't need to go to my doctor anymore. And I'm not on any medications except for hormones and right. vitamins then you're actually saving money. And mm -hmm. long-term, when you look, especially when you're in your 40s, a lot of the problems you're going to get in your 70s and 80s are starting in your 30s and 40s. 
Oh, like we really? Know we, can, we can look back and say, okay, if we looked at your blood work at 35, we could tell you we're going to get dementia at 68. Oh, wow. So if you can reduce your risk factors when you're younger and you're still working, when you get to be older and you need to go into a nursing home, for example, or assisted living, they take all of your money. They yeah. charge you like 10 or $15,000 a month to look after you. Mm -hmm. They're going to get you coming or going. Mm -hmm. And so if you invest in your health, you actually will probably be somebody who maybe doesn't need to go to a nursing home mm -hmm. at that age, or maybe can just get by with assisted living in their eighties before they need more help. And they have a better quality of life. Like they feel like they want to hang out with their grandkids. They want to go for a walk. They want to cook. They don't just want to mm -hmm. sit in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want to live till I'm 112. So yeah. this is, this is great. I'm, I'm uh, shooting. Go ahead. Sorry. What are you shooting for? 133. 133. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked about this actually in one of our, our um, call, one of our meetings and I remember thinking, gosh, she's really an overachiever than I am. <laughs> um, so you have done this yourself. You have treated yourself. So can you yes. tell us about that? I think that's a really big thing that people like, oh, no, I practice what I preach. Yes. So um, at my heaviest, um, I got, I was put on birth control when I was in, late, in my late teens because of really awful periods, which turned out to be endometriosis. Okay. And they were so bad that even though I was you know, working multiple jobs and in high intensity school, I would miss like a day or two a month and I would be puking. I'd be on the floor in the fetal position, not normal. So I was put on birth control. And unfortunately, when you have PCOS, um, you can get really bad weight gain on that. So mm -hmm. I, I gained about a hundred pounds. So wow. at my heaviest, I was about 270 pounds. Oh my goodness. And so I was an obese um, diabetes researcher in medical school. Being yeah. like, what is going on? Like I'm eating a high carb diet. I'm going low fat. I'm, I'm eating like a thousand calories a day. Why can't I be thin? Yeah. And um, well, as it turns out, I needed my thyroid optimized, but I did lose about half that weight just with low carb diet, intermittent fasting, carnivore, that kind of stuff. But then when I, when I went to this training, I also knew what was wrong with me because before thyroid, I, if I ate a piece of fruit or a carb, I would gain five pounds. Mm -hmm. I had to be really, really strict with my diet. And I was fatigued and I was so cold that in the afternoon when my T3 levels were the lowest, I would actually have to go and take a hot bath to get warmed because I'd be like, my teeth would be chittering. Yeah. So cold. And, um, and then also having the, still having the endometriosis problems, like the pain and the heavy cycles. Mm -hmm. So once my thyroid and my progesterone was optimized, I mean, I don't have any issues. Mm -hmm. I'm able to sustain a pretty high workload mm -hmm. and I'm warm. I'm using air conditioning again, mm -hmm. summer, which is nice. <laughs> you have a real, you're like, I loved it when you said that you have superhuman, you feel like a superhuman yeah. because you're working the ED Mm -hmm. You're working clinic. Yeah. And then you're working Firefly as well. You're running your own practice. Yeah. Well, the, the clinic would be all Firefly, but yeah, the hormones and the aesthetics. And then I have a full-time ER job as well. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and how many days in a row you're there consistently? My, my stretch is a 36 hour shift on and then 36 hours off and then 48 hours on. Okay. So it's like a, a gauntlet um, every two weeks. And that just, super random, but do they let you sleep? Like, are you sleeping in a... Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you won't get sleep if patients come all night. But yeah. usually you get two, two, like 
two to six hours. Okay. But it just depends. I've had shifts where it's been bed bedlam the whole time and others where I got to have naps. Yeah. And, but that's not consistent. That's like not a good night's rest where you're just letting your body wake up in the morning. It's like jarring and exactly, but you're still a great, like you still always have a reasonable amount of energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. If not more, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that is controversial is, um, the testosterone cream Mm -hmm. and it's, just seems really interesting to me because there's so many companies that will prescribe for men and, um, ED or, um, I don't know what other things are they getting online prescriptions for without even a visit, but then or Arimidex and other things like that. Yeah. Yes. And those are all for sexual performance. I would assume This podcast is sponsored by Checkable.com. Checkable is revolutionizing healthcare by bringing healthcare home with fast and accurate at-home rapid diagnostics and pairing it with telehealth services available through our mobile application, available on the App Store and Google Play. Checkable.com offers an array of rapid diagnostics that allow you to own your health at home. We have a UTI, vaginal pH, and two rapid breast milk strips. One will measure alcohol and the other to measure nutritional value. Checkable puts treatment options at your fingertips so you can test at home, see a provider, and get your treatment plan sent to your neighborhood pharmacy. It's checkable.com. But when it comes to women that we have, it's considered a controlled substance and OBs say that there's not enough data out there to make any claims that it does anything for a woman's sexual appetite, let's call it. Well, um, so testosterone, so this is why the reason why um, providers think testosterone is dangerous in women is um, it's because they're interpreting a study that's observational and it's, it's, they're saying it's a cause effect relationship. So when you look at women with naturally high testosterone levels, they have higher rates of breast cancer, uterine cancer, and ovarian cancer. Okay. And that's because they have PCOS. That's why they have high testosterone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not because we gave them testosterone, we didn't give it to them. It's not an interventional trial. It's an observational trial. Mm-hmm. So it's associated with, and as soon as that happened, oh, okay, testosterone, we don't want to give women testosterone because if they have high to start with, it's dangerous. But the real reason that women with PCOS get breast cancer and these other female cancers is because they don't have progesterone. Oh. And progesterone is what's com- counteracting that estrogen and all those tissues. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not, the testosterone is not doing anything. It's actually the lack of progesterone that's causing that. It's like, if you looked at smokers and saw their fingers covered in yellow, you would say yellow fingers causes lung cancer. Well, right. smoking that caused it. Right. And right. Ch- chopping their fingers off will actually help reduce their smoking, but <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to actually be a real effect. It's because you change their behavior. Yes. So that, that's the big thing with when primary care is like, you can't be on testosterone. You have a family history of breast cancer or mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get breast cancer from that. It's actually because of that observational data. In fact, there are studies out there that show actually high doses of testosterone are apoptotic to breast cancer. Apoptotic means testosterone binds the breast cancer and the breast cancer kills itself because it can't handle the high level. Mm. Um, and in terms of 
why they say that it doesn't help sexual function is because they're not using the right dose. Mm. So for example, Androgel is the commercially available male testosterone cream. It's 1%. I start women on 2%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're just not, they're not using enough. And, they, and if you right. use commercial gel for men, they would be worse too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause even when you kick it up to 3%, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's like what happened. It's like a light switch. It is like a light switch. It's crazy. So it also makes, just think of, of marriage relations Mm -hmm. and how important that is to your spouse Yeah, that it's nice to like be on the same page then not being like, I don't care about that. Right. Like, like you don't want to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very, I I didn't think that that would be a side effect and Mm -hmm. it is, it's a great side effect. Yeah, the um, that and that's another reason why I use cream over pellets is because um, when I put a pellet in, I have no control after I put it in. So for three to six months, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the cream, we can kind of slowly increase the dose to get you to that light switch moment, like oh, I want sex, and then we keep you there instead of kind of keeping going up and down as the pellet wears on and wears off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard that from many of my patients, like you gave me my wife back, you gave mm-hmm. me my husband back, because that libido. I mean, if you think about when people get their divorces, it's like in their forties and mm-hmm. or when they're going through menopause and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh can't yeah, this guy, he's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just trade him in for someone else. It's probably annoying. Right, like exactly. it doesn't do anything, <laughs> you know, like you ruined mm-hmm. your family and mm-hmm. not ruined, but you know, it's changed. Mm-hmm. It changed. It's a change. Um, so one thing that when we were talking, um, early on, I mentioned something about, um, like what insurance will cover on, uh, like, a what was it? Rectus abdominis diastasis mm-hmm. and how women that have given birth, all of us have that, I mean, or have been pregnant and to sew them back together, it's not uh, covered by insurance because it's a tummy tuck is basically what they call it. And I was upset by that. I'm like, that just, because it hurts your back, right? Like if you have rectus diastasis, you have a sore lower back the majority of the time. You can't do anything about it. And you mentioned something about a woman that had a sore neck. Mm-hmm. Will you tell me about that story? Sure. So um, there's some muscles in our body that seem to be more sensitive to certain hormones. And what I've observed is um, there's this chronic neck pain that women with low progesterone get where they get tight, like over the traps and in the Mm -hmm. muscles and their shoulders, kind of their shoulders feel like they're up by their ears. Mm -hmm. And progesterone binds the GABA receptor, which is the same receptor that alcohol binds and causes relaxation. And a lot of my women with chronic neck pain due to neck tightness with low progesterone, they get market improvement in their neck pain. So I personally was getting adjusted at twice a week. I had a range of motion that was like about this. Mm. And then within a couple of weeks on progesterone, full range of motion. When I used to put my head forward, it felt like my head was just going to fall off. Mm-hmm. And now I have like normal strength in my neck, life-changing. But a lot of the women, older women with PCOS, you'll see in their me- medical history, they'll have had neck fusions mm-hmm. because they're, they, can, keep, keep, they keep complaining of neck pain. Mm-hmm. And so they fuse their neck because they get degenerative changes because of their necks not functioning. And then they'll get a fusion and they needed progesterone. And the same thing. With the tummy tuck, okay, don't fix my separated abs. Now I'm going to get chronic low back pain, and then you're going to do back surgery, which will be covered. 
Right. That's what a fusion is covered. That's what's so frustrating. It's like you'd you'd cover this back surgery, but you, then you won't cover and you won't cover the progesterone either, or you won't cover the the stomach surgery. I mean, that's just that's so frustrating with our healthcare system that we it's it's all what is under coverage. Right. And who ends up making the money? Right. The insurance companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they decide they decide what what gets to be covered because they own the companies that also make those decisions. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not just women that need to look at their hormones. It's men too. Mm-hmm. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of my male patients um, come to me by uh, because their wives, their sisters, mm-hmm. their mothers are getting treatment and they realize, oh, you know what? My son is overweight, depressed, anxious, and tired all the time. He probably needs his hormones checked. Mm-hmm. So that's how most of my patients come to me. Men, um, I think, compartmentalize better and they, or they accept like, you know what? I'm in my 60s. I should have achy joints and have a gut. Like mm-hmm. I, that's just that's just life. Whereas, um, you know, women might realize like, actually, I don't want to have a big belly and be tired all the time. Like they, I'm not accepting that. And I see men in a couple different life stages. I, I see men that are in andropause. Andropause is male menopause. So at some point, their testicles don't make the hormones for them anymore. And then they go through a lot of the same changes as women do. So they get crabby, they put on weight, they lose muscle. Um, and to fix that, you replace testosterone and sometimes thyroid hormone, depending on how much insulin resistance they have and how many thyroid symptoms they have. Mm-hmm. Um, another group of men is in kind of like periandropause. So just like mm-hmm. perimenopause in your late thirties in your forties, you're done having kids. You're kind of starting to slow down, feel a little tired. You're not as severely low as maybe someone in andropause, but you still would benefit from being optimized. Mm-hmm. And then we will, you know, have the talk about when you're on testosterone, that means you're done having your kids because it kills your sperm count. They accept that if they're done their families, we can fix them using testosterone. And then I have younger male patients in their teens and twenties. Um, usually they came, um, from like a pregnancy that had a lot of complications like obesity or thyroid issues, Mm. and they have kind of lower hormone levels. So what we'll do is we'll try to optimize their thyroid to get control of their symptoms from thyroid and hope that their testicles will make them more hormone Mm -hmm. or, or use things like HCG, Mm -hmm. which will stimulate the male testicle before 40 to help Mm -hmm. produce more testosterone. Oh, wow. That's And are all these pill forms, capsule forms? Um, the testosterone for men is a cream. Okay. It's 10 to 20% concentration. And then thyroid is pills. And then the HCG is an injection. It stands for human chorionic gonadotropin. And it's the pregnancy hormone. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the way it works is it looks a lot like luteinizing hormone or LH, mm-hmm. which is which stimulates the testicle to make more testosterone. Oh my gosh. There, it's just like a one thing. It's all leading to one another. Yeah. Huh. That's real. I didn't know that there was um, like state phases of life for men when it came to hormones. I thought it was like 80, they just stopped making sperm or something. <laughs> well, what's funny is that the fact that you mentioned 80 year old men, the normal range for testosterone in men is based on a Medicare database study that would make old men, 95% of them normal. So oh. the normal range on the lab actually is not like, 
I wouldn't want, if I was 25, I would, I want to be normal for an 80 year old. It's so that no one, that people don't qualify as hypogonadal or like low T. So they aren't entitled to treatment. Now, when you look at all the blood levels, is that how it, the normal is always at 80? Well, it depends. Sometimes normal ranges are just, are based on a small group of sick people, or they're based on a database study of old people, mm-hmm. or they're, we think this is about what the average person is in this range. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not like what you would, would strive to be. They're not like, this is the, this is what you would want to be. It's like, what is typical or what, what have we studied or what have we noticed? So it's like, so mediocre. It's like, yeah. okay, you're within, I don't want to be of the range of a sick person. Exactly. Or of an old person or of yeah. a mediocre yeah. person. I want to be like, okay, what are the professional athletes at? Yeah. Or the other CEOs, the highest performing mm-hmm. providers. That's what I want to be at that That's are right. in their optimal health. And and male testosterone is down about 50% from what it was 50 years ago. And why is that? Probably multifactorial. Like we have a lot of pharmaceuticals in our drinking water that including birth control that affect men. Okay. Um, the soy, which is estrogenic, the mm-hmm. processed food, the lack of sunlight, the lack of exercise. Um, there's some studies coming out now that show that our mitochondrial um, metabolic rate is dropping. So we actually are burning less fuel as a society. So we, we actually, our, our metabolisms are slower than they were mm. in the past. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's causing it, but I can say that a guy in his thirties now has like the testosterone of a guy in his sixties from the 1980s. Oh my so gosh. Like much, much lower. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. That's so bad. That's like for our next generations, that's going to make a difference. And it, I mean, it, I think it explains partly the mental health crisis in younger people Mm. because in men, you think testosterone would make men aggressive, but it's the Mm -hmm. opposite. It's like a mood stabilizer. Like Mm. they get less anxiety. They sleep better. They don't sweat at night. They just feel calmer um, versus gym steroids, which are like birth control. They're synthetic. Right. You know, hit the testosterone receptor like a thousand times harder than the testosterone would. Yeah, um, And those can have some like roid rage issues, but real bioidentical testosterone just makes men feel calm and happy and energetic. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. very interesting. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, with the supplements that you um, had recommended that I thought was interesting was um, iron. So I've always had a very low iron. I'm, I don't know if I'm anemic, maybe, but you suggested don't use the vegan iron that I was using. My body's not, uh, what, what happens with the vegan iron? Why don't we, that's normally what you find. Mm-hmm. There's a huge push for plant-based diets right now, which is again, multifactorial, but you can, you can stop me right there that it's sponsored by Coca-Cola and Pepsi and big food. Mm-hmm. So, because you can make processed food that's plant-based, but you mm-hmm. can't really make plant-based meat. Right? So, um, what can you repeat your question for me? Oh, just curious about the plant-based iron. Yeah, the vegan iron. Yeah, plant-based so iron. There's two different types of heme iron. So animal heme and plant heme. Um, we're animals. We're not plants. So when we t- intake animal heme, it's a different structure, and our bodies can absorb it and then turn it into like things that are made of iron, like red blood cells. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking a vegan iron supplement, you're probably not really absorbing very much. And if you are, it's not very 
bioavailable or useful for your body. Oh. So I use a comp, I either use like a chelated iron if people can't tolerate beef liver, but I love beef liver. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Do you just make it beef liver? I don't eat beef liver. Um, I'll eat chicken liver, but okay. what I just do is I get just dried capsules of beef liver. Yeah. And then you don't have to chew the liver. I had a pill on here. I was going to show everyone and I must, oh, I hear I put it away. Uh, so it is, I just get it, got it on Amazon. There's a couple of good um, companies now that I actually really like their content and what they're putting out there in terms of like recipes. They'll do a, I saw one the other day. It was like mangoes with three raw eggs and the yogurt for a smoothie. And, uh, and they were talking about the raw eggs, how that's actually not bad for us and raw milk. Do you drink raw milk? I do. Do you? Yeah. And my husband is, um, he'll have a dozen eggs a day in shake form. It will he? Okay. Raw, raw eggs. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just put it in the blender. Mm -hmm. And then what does he put with it? Does he just drink it like that? He puts in a little bit of, um, he, cause he's a little bit lactose. So he uses some goat, um, whey protein and then okay. a little bit of blueberry, some, like just a tiny bit of fruit to make it taste good. Yeah. And, uh, if he needs it sweetened, he'll put a little bit of honey in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and some lactose free milk or he'll use uh, macadamia milk or something like that. A dozen eggs a day. Oh my goodness. He is getting a lot of nutrients. Yeah. I have two poached eggs every morning with my nine grain toast though. Mm -hmm. uh, now, one thing that to end, I want to talk about postpartum. So one mm -hmm. thing at Chuckable, we are doing the breast milk strips, breast milk strips for nutritional value and then to measure alcohol. And in that time of life, um, postpartum, I re vividly remember with my two boys, it being very much of a roller coaster for me. But then with my daughter, uh, my OB had me start Zoloft the day that I delivered. And that was a much better experience for me. But I wanted to get off it quick because I don't like to be on a, on a um, pharmaceutical drug. Mm -hmm. And so I got off of it about six months and it ended up being fine. If someone else has that same frame of mind of like, okay, I just don't want to go on an antidepressant. Can you tell what's happening in our bodies and then what's something you can do to combat postpartum depression? So postpartum depression, I would say in the majority of cases is actually a um, progesterone withdrawal syndrome. So while you're pregnant, um, usually starting in the second and third trimesters, your ovaries are no longer the majority producer of your progesterone. Your placenta makes it for you. Hmm. Your placenta values in pregnancy can be very high, like 20, 30, 40 times what you are when you're not pregnant. Wow. And then that progesterone is an anti-anxiety hormone. It's, um, it relaxes your muscles. It lets you sleep. I don't think women could tolerate being pregnant without it. It's because there's <laughs> so much estrogen, right? Um, and so when you deliver your placenta, your progesterone plummets. Mm. And if you have um, the predisposition towards that inflammatory response in your brain and then withdrawal and your ovaries don't reboot really quickly, usually this is more women with PCOS, um, you will get progesterone withdrawal. So you'll be sweating, you'll be irritable, mm -hmm. cry at the drop of a hat, depressed, anxious. Mm -hmm. um, the drug companies know this is progesterone because they're new um, FDA approved 
uh, intravenous treatment for postpartum is a downstream metabolite of progesterone that they modified that they give IV. So my treatment for it is to just wean you down slowly off your placenta. Mm -hmm. So let's say you deliver and you need 1800 milligrams of progesterone. We slowly drop it. Maybe we actually give, I actually give my postpartum ladies an injectable form in case they feel they're feeling suicidal or really dark, they can inject mm -hmm. and that usually resolves their symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then we just slowly taper them down to a level where when their ovaries start working again and their, their body resets, they can go back to their pre-pregnancy dose. But it's, um, it's really sad to see Dr. Ruzzi's mm -hmm. told stories in the training of, he's been an ER doctor as well, and of um, a lady he had that was suicidal, postpartum depression, and he sh gave her a shot of progesterone. And an hour later, she's like, I feel like myself. What did you give me? Oh my and gosh. The idea that we give women antidepressants um, just drives me crazy because yeah. I haven't encountered a patient that didn't respond to progesterone. And progesterone can also be used for infertility then as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have, it's called a luteal phase defect. So if you're, if you're not making the right amount of progesterone after you've ovulated and have your embryo, or sorry, I should say the fertilized egg ready to implant, mm -hmm. you can start progesterone and then that gives it the ability to actually implant and it can stop you from miscarrying. Wow. So mm -hmm. that is a lot of your firefly babies. Yeah. You, you were with them. They were trying to conceive and they kept miscarrying. Yes. Or a few of them from the, I mean, it must've been just complete luck or serendipity. They had their consult the day or within a few days of finding out they were pregnant. So mm -hmm. I could immediately draw their labs, give them some progesterone and they're all pregnant right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful uh, story and journey that you have been on in your practice and as a provider to continue to learn. That's where I think a, a gap in, I think all doctors are naturally, they must be naturally curious, but the health systems are burdening them with so much that your energy level to continue to learn Mm -hmm. and your ambition probably fizzles out. And so it's really, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because just like you said, you referenced the study that you just read. I, I just I really appreciate that, that you're just always at the top of your game and um, bringing the best care to your, to your patients. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about hormones. Yeah. So you have, um, tell us about, um, what states you're licensed in now because some of our listeners are around the country and if they want to access you, they could yeah. go to fireflymedical.net, but they need to be yeah. in the right state. So um, option one would be for them to come down and see me in North Dakota to establish mm -hmm. care and then they can go back to their home state. Uh, I'm licensed in North Dakota, Minnesota, um, Idaho, Washington, Montana, um, Utah, Virginia, uh, and I'm working on my Florida, Texas, and Massachusetts licenses. Wow. And, and I'm also licensed in South Dakota as well. Okay. Yeah. Holy cow. That's so great. <laughs> and so um, just of establishing care. So we need a hands-on visit first. Yes. Yeah, so the FDA um, and the DEA changed some rules May 12th of this year. Mm -hmm. There was some relaxation of some rules to accommodate for COVID-19 restrictions. 
So now for any prescription of a controlled substance, whether you're male or female on testosterone, you need to have at least one in-person visit mm -hmm. to establish care. And then everything else can be telemedicine, but, um, and you cannot prescribe more than a 30 day supply of that controlled substance, i.e. testosterone, mm -hmm. um, before you have that encounter. So you just mm. have to time it properly. Mm. Got it. Okay. Okay. And the majority of your patients are in North Dakota though? Yeah, North Dakota and Minnesota. And I'd say the I'd say 75% of my female patients are kind of scared of testosterone to start with. Mm. And so they usually wait to start it. So that gives mm -hmm. us more time for us to meet in person. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I wasn't scared. Yeah, you're like, let's <laughs> go. Like, yeah, I'm like, let's just get into it. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't really, I don't like prescription drugs, but I just really, I bought into everything that you're saying and I've, mm -hmm. I really feel so healthy and have lost 15 pounds and right. have so much energy to do everything that I need to do. So I'm happy with it. That's great. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lovett, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on the Checkable Health Podcast. It's very uh, much of a pleasure to talk with you. And if anyone wants to follow Dr. Lovett, Firefly Medical is on uh, Instagram, as well as um, Facebook. And um, then we'll put some of her, uh, some of her things on this overview. Sounds so good. thank you for joining me, Nikki. No problem. Thanks, Patty. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Checkable Health Podcast. If you want more information, head over to checkablehealth.com for show notes, links, and resources mentioned in today's podcast. Please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the Checkable Health at-home healthcare details as soon as they're released. Find us on every social channel at Checkable Health. Cheers to living your healthiest and happiest life.